Well, hello, hello. It is good to see you again, and welcome back to Your Money and a Cup of Joe. I am your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff, and as always, I'm joined by Joe Kaleo of Kaleo Wealth Management and UBS, and we're going to be diving into another wealth management topic here on the show, and today we're going to be talking about people, right? The people that you know can play a massive part in the amount of success that you achieve both in business and in your personal life, but for contacts to be important, and valuable to the success in your business and your life, you need to develop powerful relationships with them so that you get the results for all involved in that relationship. And that's a key part of this today, you know, in today's conversation. So we're going to be exploring some key ways really to make that happen. You know, Joe obviously leveraging his relationships to grow his business, to grow his personal life. And, you know, he'll share some examples of that. And we'll talk through some strategies on just how you can really enhance some of those relationships around you. Uh, But before we unpack everything, of course, let's say hi to the man of the hour. Joe, good to see you. How are you doing, sir? Ryan, doing great. Good to see you. Glad we're here. Glad we're diving into this topic today. Yeah, it's a good one. I mean, hey, at the end of the day, business is all about the people that do it, right? You know, the the conversations, the relationships that you have, they are pivotal in your success. Let's start today's discussion at that high level, Joe. We all know that old cliche, right? It's not what you know, but who you know. And while that's not entirely true. Uh, I think you can make a case for uh, the fact that relationships are absolutely vital to someone's success. What's your take on that cliche? Ryan, we see powerful professional relationships at the foundation of tremendous success. Whether you're a millionaire, a billionaire, whatever, they always say it's about the people in their lives. So highly successful and affluent people in our experience proved to be quite remarkable at both connecting interpersonally with other professionals and then motivating people to help them pursue their goals. So yes, it's very important. So let's get a little deeper. I want to double click on this. What do you see these highly successful people doing to actually connect and then to motivate others? I think the motivation part's pretty key here. I don't think there's any one magical step, but I think there are several important steps, right? So let's look at that. Step one, you've got to be passionate. Chances are, if you're watching this or listening to us, right, you're driven to succeed, you believe in what you're doing, it really matters to you. Well, you need to communicate that enthusiasm to people around you. By being passionate day in and day out about your business, your cause, whatever it may be, you can generate excitement and commitment to others or in others for your continued success. Demonstrating passion gets other people to want to align themselves with you and with your endeavors. Your enthusiasm then becomes a magnet. So ask yourself, what is it about your business or other endeavors that are you that you are most passionate about? Are you armed with answers? Consider why you chose those aspects. By thinking through those issues, you will come up with a critical message of enthusiasm that you need and want to communicate to others to especially people who can help you. Of course, yeah, passion can be so powerful, Joe, but how do you how do you take that passion and convey it so that you can get other people on board with it? Because once that happens, man, you're you got something hot and you want to run with it. But how do how do you do that? Yeah, you got to engage in meaningful dialogue, Ryan, right? I mean, you know, millionaires and billionaires tend to build strong relationships with other engaged and successful entrepreneurs and professionals and other people connected to their business. 
Very importantly, they engage in ways that are meant to foster trust and meaningful conversation rather than just demonstrating their own superior superiority. So ask yourself, when I'm in a professional situation, such as a business meeting or negotiation, how much of the meeting is one-sided as opposed to a free sharing of ideas and perspectives? Very successful professionals build relationships, and it's not done to impress others. Instead, it's about helping people help themselves. So take, for example, be sure your interactions between you and others have a give-and-take conversation. Getting people involved in the process is very effective way, right, for getting and building those relationships. Make sure you're focused on the right topics. Conversations ineffectually are ineffectual, essentially, when all parties are interested, they can be very effective. Make sure you learn about other people. The better your understanding of the person or people sitting across from you, the more you're going to be able to build a powerful relationship. Sure. And, and Joe, I want to circle back to that idea, that give and take that you mentioned when it comes to the conversations. I would I would imagine that that extends also beyond conversations and into actual actions, correct? Yeah, you've got to, Ryan. It absolutely must extend to what you do, not just what you say. One of the best ways to build powerful relationships is that you're helping others help themselves, help them reach their primary goals. So by understanding what's most important to them, which we mentioned a moment ago, you can think of ways to help them achieve those goals. So doing so is powerful because essentially it activates an unwritten rule of reciprocity. So if you help people, they naturally feel an inclination to help you down the road. The easiest way to someone's key priorities is, of course, to ask what it is. Make a habit of conversing with people about their goals and their objectives. Just simply ask them periodically, what are you working towards? What are you working on? What's new? What, what's, what's your focus at this point? You usually get a few more insights over time into what motivates them and what in turn opens the door for you to help them. And Joe, I, I can see how kind of having that approach of, of giving something of value to get something in return. I mean, that makes sense. Anybody can get behind that. But are there other ways that you could say of enlisting somebody's help or, or even motivating them to help beyond this idea maybe of reciprocity? Yeah, in situations involving money, Ryan, profit's often the major motivator, right? It's smart to focus on providing economic glue. So your ability to help other people profit by doing what you need them to do can be an extraordinarily potent way of motivating them. It ties back to helping them achieve their primary agenda. But if you do it, and especially with a concentration on building a cooperative professional relationship, one in which everybody's benefiting financially, that's strong economic glue. And it binds the efforts of two or potentially more people together. That's powerful. But a question you've got to answer is, how could other people make money by working with me and doing what I want them to do? So once you understand how your respective financial incentives are aligned, you can take steps to make sure everyone involved with you profits because of that relationship. Sure. Money talks at the end of the day. That's no, that's a really good one, Joe. Uh, you know, here we are talking about all these different things that, uh, you know, people can be doing and taking actions that will benefit everyone. A lot of, a lot of direct action, if you will. 
Are there any softer elements, though, uh, involved in this creation and maintain and uh, maintenance of these these beneficial relationships that might need to be developed or or uh, maybe even go overlooked at times? Yeah, Ryan, I think one of the things that you've got to foster is a high degree of trust because it's instrumental in building relationships that then lead to actual results. Trust is the perception and the sense that other people will be responsive to your wishes and expectations. And in business environments, especially, trust is a function of several ingredients, right? Integrity, your belief that the other person is honest and reliable. Capabilities, your belief that the other person or team is able to do what needs to be done. And then finally, responsiveness your belief that the other person is attuned and meaningfully committed to that agenda. Without trust, there's no commanding professional relationship. That doesn't mean trust should be given unconditionally, but it does need to be developed and nurtured and potentially expanded on over time to deepen the relationship. So that's where it's got to be. Yeah, I want to, I want to zoom in on, on, the, the idea of over time, right? Yes, trust takes a while to build and, and it can get deeper and deeper over time with, with experiences and conversations and things that we go through together as people. <laughs> but Joe, is there anything we could be doing to maybe speed that timeline up and just allow us to build trust a little quicker if maybe we don't have, let's say, 10 years? Yeah, can't imagine why you'd say that. But <laughs> yes, I think it's really important to show yourself as human, right? The more faults and vulnerabilities you show, the more you're going to be able to bond with others over, say, your imperfections. Ryan, I'm not saying you have to be perfect. No one's perfect, even across the board. But there's an unwritten rule that you should show only your strength all the time, no matter what. I disagree with that. By sharing how you're imperfect and where you're vulnerable, then you enhance the quality of your professional relationships and potentially generate better outcomes for you and your company. Now, the flip side is, it doesn't mean you present yourself as incompetent. Instead, it's about communicating that there are ways you could benefit by getting help from other people. This resonates with others, because we all need help, but we don't always want to admit it. Some examples that come to mind, apologizing when you've made a business mistake that impacted another person, asking for help and advice to deal with a business situation, Hold that thought, Ryan. I'm going to come back to that one. Sharing a business problem and explaining that you're looking for a, a different or, or competing point of view. Recognizing the contributions of other people to your success. Being able to use self-deprecating humor when you make an error or a mistake, right? All of these things. These imperfections humanize you. It creates a better and more trusting relationship. And you're more likely to want to work with people who are highly driven and capable but it also means you have to have some humility and self-awareness. So let me go back to that second point, asking for help or getting advice in a, to deal with a business situation. So it's slightly, it's kind of a sidecar here, but I've had three conversations this week with a client and their accountant on what we needed to do with investments. And so we needed to incorporate both the tax ramifications and the investment decisions for the betterment of the client. I needed help. I'm not an accountant. Never played one on TV. Don't even claim to know all the tax rules. That's why they have an accountant. We needed help. So we got the accountant involved and the client made better decisions because of it. So it's important to understand what you're good at and where you might make mistakes 
or to avoid mistakes when to get help involved. Yeah, uh, Joe, these are great. I mean, those softer skills can be paramount in developing, you know, your your relationships on this higher level uh, and nurturing that level of trust. And I love the idea of using your imperfections to humanize you. It's really good stuff. But Joe, as I'm hearing all these strategies, uh, you know, of building and developing these powerful relationships, it's striking me that a lot of these steps, they're not terribly complex. It's just and and they don't require a lot of training or specialized expertise. It's just that wherewithal to take the right steps to to do them and to and to keep yourself accountable and in check to make sure you are doing them. Am I correct in saying that? Exactly right. So many of these steps are simple and common sense. They can be done by just about anybody, right? The key is the most successful one of your peers out there is using them consistently and systematically. So ultimately, you probably know most of the things we talk about in terms of building powerful, advantageous relationships. And that's whether you're a business owner, team leader, professional, your team, wherever it may be. Your success in the area will ultimately come down to whether you take action and close the gap between knowing what to do and actually going out there and doing it. Sure, Joe. And, and Joe, you did mention just a moment ago how you had these conversations with the accountant, your client. You wanted to bring all the teams on board to work through a situation like this. but And you yourself were further enhancing some professional relationships there. For anybody in our audience, Joe, that, that you know, they hear that example, they hear, you know, any of the strategies that we've laid out in the episode today, and maybe they're interested in, in chatting with you kind of in that advisory role to maybe help them through this process of developing relationships, what would be the best way they could just reach out to you and open up a dialogue, for lack of a better term, and discuss whatever's on their mind? Yeah, Ryan, I'd say give us a call, shoot us an email. We're happy to sit down and have a conversation about where we can help and where you might need help. We'd love to have a second opinion conversation. Fantastic. Well, Joe, uh, look, I know you're a busy guy. You've got more conversations like that one you just mentioned to have probably later today. Uh, so I'll let you get back to doing that. But uh, looking forward to being back here on the next one with you. Sounds great, Ryan. Look forward to it. Of course, me too. And uh, hey, look, we want to spend one final moment here on the show and Thank you guys, our audience, for stopping by and being with us on the show. Uh, look, as always, if you took anything away from today's discussion, you benefited from it in any way, shape, or form, well, make sure you hit that subscribe button then on the platform that you checked us out on today. That way you never miss out on the future new releases on this show that we come out with uh, where we dive into these different wealth management advisory type conversations so you and yours can come out better for it on the other end. But for Joe, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long now, but we appreciate you stopping by and being with us on Your Money, Up a Joe. This presentation is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as investment advice or the basis for making any investment decisions. The views and opinions expressed may not be those of UBS Financial Services Incorporated. UBS Financial Services Incorporated does not verify and does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information presented. This material is made available for use by CEG. Neither UBS Financial Services Incorporated nor any of its employees provide tax or legal advice. You should consult with your personal tax or legal advisor regarding your personal circumstances. 
As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services Incorporated offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC registered broker dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review the PDF document at UBS.com slash relationship summary. UBS Financial Services Incorporated is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA, member SIPC. Joe Kaleo at Kaleo Wealth Management Group, UBS Financial Services Incorporated. Office address 200 West Highway 6, Suite 400 in Waco, Texas, 76712.